be live. Here we are with Alan Shmoyley. Hey. Alan Shmoyley. So here we go, yo. Here we go. And so I don't get copyright claims. I can only play less than 10 seconds of that. And here we go, yo. So Alan is up in Richmond Hill, Ontario, just north of Toronto, if you don't know where Richmond Hill is. Um, tell the folks about yourself. I know a lot, I'll go off uh, the most important thing, data four. That's impressive. That is impressive. Data four. Four, four little kiddos. Data four. Data four. Yeah. yeah what are the ages? Nine, seven, three. And uh, my littlest one just turned one years old. Do you remember all their names? Is, is that, is that, no? <laughs> you abbreviate it. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> um, so Alan and I met in the American Physical Therapy Association, APTA, the governing body of uh, the physical therapy profession, and you were uh, the president of the students? President, yeah. Uh, student, two, two, uh, two years before. You were before James. Yeah. You were the year before James Spencer, who we know, and then, yeah, my year was Evan Nelson from Duke. Shout out to all those guys. Um, and so that's when we met. That was back in 2006, seven, something like that. Four or five. Six. For you, you you were the president then. I was a student, yeah. oh five, oh six, oh yeah, something like that. So anyway, testing my memory, going back. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> so jumping forward to today, here we are, twenty twenty one, January, and um, anything else we should know before we get started? You're up there. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the uh, all your uh, hashtags and and uh, Instagrams mm -hmm. and all that stuff at the end, but uh, and it'll be in the show notes one day. Um, I'll, I'll get to that, <laughs> but you're at premier spine and sport, uh, in it out there and you guys are a multidisciplinary approach and that's kind of what we're going to, we're going to touch on. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And a board certified OCS. So orthopedic certified specialist, which is a pretty good, pretty big deal. Pretty big deal. Pretty, pretty Apparently big. Apparently found that there's only four of them in Canada. <laughs> One of four. Well, that's is that that's because it's more of an APTA thing in America. It's the, it's the Canada American has its own. Yeah, Canada has its own. It's a newer one, uh, but I just got my ten-year recertification. So congrats for ten years and just recertified. That's very cool, man. That's yeah. very cool. So he's a smart fella. That's why we're talking today. So this is bono stuff. And as much as I think I know, sometimes I like to bring on people who can teach me more stuff. And today we're going to talk about chronic pain is the title but as we were just talking before we started um we don't love that term and and we're gonna go into it so tell us a little bit uh definitions and 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 why we don't like that term and go into it man well i think um chronic pain in itself has a, a negative connotation i get a lot of people who um you know if i was to describe them as having chronic pain they would flat out deny it but the, the technical definition is having pain for more than three months so, you know, there are a lot of people who do fall into that category. Uh, but again, because of its negative connotations, uh, we just like to say that they've had longstanding aches and pains that just they haven't been able to figure out yet. Maybe they've been to several providers and at best they've got um, temporary relief um, and, and sometimes not. So it really ranges and uh, we can definitely dive in and talk more about, you know, specifics about it. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I would say that's that's ironically, again, I don't think of it as chronic pain either per se, but the majority of folks I end up working with and getting committed to my longer term programs as far as so I, 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 the way my business works um, for, for those, for Alan and for anyone following, um, I like the performance side, which Alan and I have also spoken about of a continuity program. So if you have somebody who's finishing an ACL rehab kind of protocol and they're they're getting back to sport and things like that. Now we can focus on the fitness side of it. And that's where I kind of uh, touch those lines. But also when people come to me, when it comes more to pain, I'm not a traditional, oh, I have back pain or my knee hurts. You know, can you help me? It's more, I've tried 10 other things. And like your approach seems a little bit different. It's something jumped out about your approach, Bo. And, and you know, what can we do? So a lot of, for me, is, is that tendonitis, um, those kinds of things. And again, most of the traditional healthcare system, I'll say, um, and, and I'd love to hear the differences, Canada versus, versus the U.S., which Alan um, knows both of those systems pretty well, I assume. <laughs> and um, I'd love to hear the differences there. But, yeah, for me, 
a lot of folks come to me when they've already tried, you know, five different providers. I went to an orthopedic surgeon, they gave me x-rays, MRIs, uh, they talked about surgery, they did some injections, it didn't really work. Um, you know, my CrossFit coach tried to have me modify this, that, or the other thing. I've gone to a chiropractor, I've gone to physical therapist, you know, and then it's like, well, what are you going to provide different? So I, I definitely am a big fan. I'm going to say this up front and I'd love to hear how it all kind of comes back to it. And then I'll let you go of, of, I'm a big fan of load it. Most people do not load enough when you get stronger, when you build that fitness, when you get confidence with your body. Um, that to me is, is the long-term cure. I understand people have that. Um, you know, if I, if someone comes in with 10 years of pain of, of again, aches and pains, um, and I say, Hey, we're going to deadlift, you know, 200 pounds today. That might be a bit of a disconnect, but, but I, that's my goal is to get that person. Even if we start with 20 pounds or, or five pounds, um, you know, that eventually I think that most people can very easily deadlift or whatever the, the, the movement or the loading is that we need to do. So that's kind of my thing, but. Um, let's come back to you of, of, uh, yeah. What do you, what do you kind of see? What are that, what is that, um, progression? What kind of diagnoses are we talking about? Yeah, it's a very similar, um, story that, that I hear with, with my clients. And I think it's, it's fairly universal. You have people that, you know, you get an ache and pain and the natural tendency for most people is to ignore it, you know, wait and see, let's just, you know, I, I might've just, you know, bent the wrong way. I sat too long. They make excuses for it. Uh, and then they just try low cost, simple solutions. Maybe it's an over the counter rub. They grab their favorite, you know, painkiller or they'll go for a massage. And then the next step might be physio or Cairo and, or a visit to the doctor. And that kind of leads to, to a spiral, like you said, where they're going to multiple doctor's appointments, trying to figure out what the problem is, um, getting imaging that may or may not be needed, um, getting, um, you know, harsher medications, um, or, uh, injections that may or may not be needed, but meanwhile, no one really sat down to listen to the person's problem right. and figure out exactly, you know, uh, what is the the source, the root cause of the problem. So when I hear someone who's been to so many different providers, the first thing that stands out to me is whatever they've been working at. For I mean, I look at it as a positive. We already know what's not working, and we already know what they've been trying. So that just narrows it down the focus on what I need to look at. And, um, you know, the first thing is really to hear the story, start from the beginning. And, and a lot of times these people who've had their pain for, um, you know, two years, five years, 10 years, they haven't really had an opportunity to get their story heard for the most part. They're rushed through quick medical appointments or their providers are spending, you know, very minimal time with them. So the first thing we do is really spend a lot of time just listening to them and listening to their story and figuring out exactly, you know, what's going on there. And uh, from there, we develop our, our, our goals and our strategies together. So for some, it may be to deadlift um, uh, 200 pounds or, or whatever it is they want to get back into the gym or an active lifestyle. And for some, it might be, you know, they have a, a two-year-old kid and that car seat weighs 40 pounds, 50 pounds with the kid, and they have a hard time getting it in and out of the car. So whatever the goal is, you know, as far as the end result, and then we just work our way up to it. But you're exactly right. I think... Um, loading the loading strategy and gradual uh, approach to loading is one of the best ways to um to start working at, at this problem once you figure out what the root cause is you manage the pain you manage the inflammation well, at that point usually there is no inflammation um you you get that mobility back and you start working on strength um and the, the, that's where the tough part comes in working with these with people who've had long-standing aches and pains is because at that point, they're afraid of movement. They're afraid they've got um, either ingrained beliefs um, that, that, you know, I've had this problem because I bent, so I shouldn't bend, or I have, I think bending and lifting this was, is going or, to be or they've been told by a medical provider, or they've been told lift anything right. more than 10 pounds or whatever, you're going to flare up your back pain. That's right. That's right. So they've been giving very strict guidelines um, by by doctor. Don't lift. Don't sit. Don't push. Don't pull. So um, they have this fear, and the first thing really is to start gradually um, eroding at that fear by giving them small wins, giving them um, things that they can do that you know that they can do. Challenge them. Challenge their beliefs, and 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 from there just uh, build that tissue tolerance. Because again, it's it's like any other system in the body. It's very resilient once you challenge it the right way, right? So um, heart muscle gets stronger with cardio and physical muscle gets stronger with, you know, resistance exercises. And say it likewise, a lot of this pain can be eroded uh, when you when you challenge uh, a lot of these beliefs.
Absolutely. Yes. Yes. That is the right. I mean, we're, we're 100% on the same page with all that. Um, yeah. I mean, again, most symptoms and I understand, and I don't think any of the providers that they've seen before are necessarily, uh, you know, doing the wrong thing per se, but they're, they're just chasing symptoms. And that person comes to them, they say, Hey, I have back pain. Okay. Well, let's, let's inject you. Let's, you know, try to get rid of that back pain. Um, and it's much more complicated to say, let's get you in here for whatever it is, twice a week for the next six weeks. And each time we're going to work on moving a little bit more and loading a little bit more. And we're going to start with three pounds and then we'll go to 10 pounds and then we'll go to 20 pounds or whatever the, the progression is. But that to me, and, and it sounds like to you as well, is, is the right answer of no one's taken them through this and gotten them out of that cycle and empowered them and built confidence versus, again, most of the system is, you know, I'm not going to be there with you as a medical doctor. You see your medical doctor, you tell him you have you know, sig significant sciatica, let's say, because that's a common one, right? And it's like, you have sciatica, rest it. You know, you could try this stretch. You can maybe go physical therapy, which you, or physio, we'll say, for the Canadian yeah. listeners. <laughs> um, and that's the term I use also. Um, but yeah, you, you, you know, you, you have that sim system and the doctor saying that. And it's, it's, it's not always, there's very, I don't know if you found, you know, and you're, you're working into that referral network of, educating even the, the, the medical doctors, the orthos, uh, orthopedic surgeons around saying, hey, like if you send your if you send these people who are coming to me, like I'm going to put them into this system. Um, or is it just like we got to hope that we find these people and we're doing the, the marketing. But do you have doctors that that um, are sending them to you with the knowledge that you're going to load them and and be the, the Sherpa to take them from, you know, this kind of traumatized, almost painful situation to empowering and, and and that is ultimately what i think you know is the the real thing we need to empower these patients yeah we i mean we do have um some physicians that definitely know about us and our system and how we work and and um you know they they kind of send the people to us as a almost a last resort before the specialist i mean in canada the the wait line to see a specialist is quite long you can send in a referral to see a specialist and then you might not get a call back till months later and at that point you might have even forgotten why why this <laughs> doctor's group is calling you so yeah uh, you know having that physio uh in between to kind of sort out the problems and get you moving and working towards a solution and if you need it at the end that specialist appointment's waiting for you but for the most part a lot of times we can figure out what the source of the problem is and start um and, and start helping you uh you know i always say it's a lot of the and you can't blame you know a lot of the family physicians um or, or even general physios because when you graduate you're you're graduating um any profession as as a generalist right um you your schooling is really designed to give you the breadth of knowledge of your of your of your craft uh but from there you know um doctors specialize into orthopedics and pediatrics and geriatrics and neurology and lawyers specialize and um physios can specialize also like i have to you know, into orthopedics to really hone down the clinical skills required to work on these more complex problems. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So um, that's great that you have that those doctors that recognition. And, and that's the other thing that I think is a little tricky that I've seen recently in what and you're are you guys somewhat cash based or are you also insurance uh, the way it works up there? I think um, they, for the most part, there's some uh, extended health um, coverage. Um, and, and insurance and, and cash pay, there's a mix. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and, and again, I don't know if you have numbers on this and especially uh, we've both been in the, the sort of advocate space before for the profession. Um, and I think these numbers are always a little tricky to come by. There are some research studies I'm aware of. Um, I don't have the numbers on top of my head, but the bottom line is for me, and, and it, I'd love to hear if you have um, any, any kind of pitch on this in terms of marketing it of saying, hey, you know, when you hear those whispers in your body, when you have those aches and pains, whether they've been there for more than three months, as per the definition of what chronic means, or they're just kind of hanging around um, and you're an active person and you want to avoid this, it's going to save you so much time, pain, disability, energy, everything, and avoiding money. all these dip. Yeah, money um, for sure. Um, if you come in and pay whatever it is to, to me right now, whether it's uh, to see a specialist, to get assessed, to maybe, again, empower you, um, you know, and like you said, you know, people are chasing and they're looking for the easier fix and that's that lizard brain. And, and I can't blame them. Um, I know that I know of a recent study that, um, I was on a webinar, uh, from the evidence in motion folks. Um, and they cited a study talking about, 
when someone has back pain, um, physical therapy was like fourth on the list of who to go see, right? You have orthopedic surgeons, you have chiropractors. I think acupuncturists and massage therapists were, might have both been above physical therapists and only like, I think it was eight or 7% of folks um, even thought of physical therapy for their back pain, which is, is just a terrible job of our profession. But yeah, I, I guess, do you have anything in that regard of like, how much would you pay to be out of back pain? And like, I'm the one who can get you there. Yeah, there's a there's um there's a lot of literature and research looking at um you know obviously looking at the healthcare system and how we can uh, improve it as far as um, cost and efficacy and there's a lot of research showing that um, when you get physio first, uh, it does help save um, both the system a lot of money because in, in unnecessary um, physician visits, unnecessary imaging, uh, medication costs and lifestyle changes, but it also um, uh, leads to improved outcomes because you're getting into the into proper care much earlier on when things are more easier to change, right? right. Rather than months later when it's much harder. There's also, uh, you know, you mentioned that study by uh, that was quoted by Evidence in Motion. Uh, that's just a, an identity issue with, mm -hmm. with physio where a lot of people when they have back pain, they might see a chiropractor or want to get a massage first and then think of a physio maybe fourth. But there's also another study out there that's that says that shows that um, again, board certified um, physiotherapists are second to only special orthopedic physicians in being able to diagnose, uh, properly diagnose an issue. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, if I had a choice of waiting six months to see an orthopedic surgeon or, um, or, or an orthopedic physio to figure out what's going on and start getting working on it sooner, obviously I'd choose the latter. Yeah, for sure. And along those lines, um, if somebody does come to you and they're complaining of, of pain and they have not yet had an MRI or an x-ray um, and, and they come to you, and I mean, I don't mean to put you on the spot with this, but, <laughs> but I do. Uh, this is not legally binding. But do you, do you, what is your take on, on getting imaging yeah. versus getting, uh, again, the, 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 the assessment from a specialist? Uh, and then, and yeah, like what, what, what's the, the take I on that? I love it when people come in with images and I tell them to bring their images with them. But I also tell them that I'm not gonna look at it until I'm done with my assessment. Uh, because two reasons. One, um, I don't want it to color uh, right. the entire assessment. Because if I see what the imaging is, it, it's a halo effect. That's what I'm gonna be right. looking for the entire assessment. It wouldn't be an objective assessment right. at all. Uh, well, my, but, my question is, just to be clear, is, is if they're debating it, like yeah. I'll, I'll I'll lead it with with my own uh, bias, I guess. And say, I hear what you're saying. I, I, okay. I'll, I'll get into there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and the, <laughs> the the second reason it's more selfish is because I I just want to, I'm constantly challenging myself. Um, mm -hmm. So I'd love to get to to my diagnosis, then look at the report and see if it matched. Um, but um, to answer what I think you're asking is, um, you know, if someone was debating it, I would tell them, look, the the imaging really isn't going to change much of what I'm going to be doing with you. I've already done my assessments. Um, uh, I can already see the issues, limitations, joint restrictions, muscle weakness, neurological problems, or whatever it is that's feeding into this problem. The imaging may or may not agree with what I found, um, but there's also a lot of studies that show that there are people walking around um, with who have herniated discs that don't even know it. There was seventy-two percent is always the one that gets thrown around. Yeah, I, look, there's there's already so many studies that have been reproduced by by universities around the world that have just taken people through MRIs that are asymptomatic. They have absolutely no symptoms whatsoever, and they looked at knees, they looked at shoulders, right. they looked at backs and necks, and they looked at every joint, and th they can predictively at this point say if you're over the age of fifty-five, chances are you have arthritis. If you're or or stenosis. Right. Uh, if you're over to the age of 35, there's a good chance you've got a herniated or a bulging disc. Right. Um, there was a small percentage of people that even had fractures, but these people had absolutely no pain. Right. So the question is, if I put an image in front of me and it shows uh, a problem, that may not be the source of your pain or problem. Right. Right. So uh, when we look at people with this imaging and the imaging does a secondary damage in that the person starts believing into that this is the cause of my pain, this is the right. root of my problem. But what if you had, what if we went through a treatment program, you got rid of all your pain and then you got an imaging again, chances are the image wouldn't change, but your mm -hmm. pain is gone. Absolutely. Right? So was that the actual cause of your pain or not? Um, yeah. 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 No, definitely. That, that was what, that was my leading question. <laughs> 
I definitely I, I'll, want to. I'll, I'll just finish with this. You know, if I, it's very similar to if I took a picture of you right mm -hmm. now, um, all I can infer is that Bo's got a beard and uh, he's got a blue and white shirt on right now and he's got perfectly coiffed hair. But I cannot infer from that photograph what his personality is. Um, is he in pain or not? Um, right. Is he happy or not? Is he hungry or not? I can't infer any of this. I am hungry. Is doing or an MRI is doing. And the secondary thing is most of my client, my patients, when they have back pain, they have back pain when they're moving, when they're sitting, when they're standing, right. when they're walking. But this image is taken in a very static, lying down position where they usually don't have pain. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, so. yeah. There's a lot of, um, and, and again, that costs the system a lot of money, the insurance companies a lot of money. Sometimes it doesn't have direct cost to the patient, which right. sometimes throws it all off, but not realizing that the more often we're getting those images, um, it's it's just costing everything more and it's it's perpetuating. And again, then then it becomes... I have a disc, I have a herniated disc. So now I am that diagnosis. So right. going back to the language bit there, um, for sure. So yeah, I think we're both in the school. I say the same thing again with my leading question of, of it's not gonna change much of what we do. Um, you know, you can go get it if it doesn't cost you anything. If, it, if you know, like if it makes you feel somewhat better, but I'm like, it's, it's, it's not likely going to do that. Again, if you're a 72 year old, um, you know, it's, you're going to have wrinkles on your face and those wrinkles aren't necessarily, they're a sign of aging. You've right. lived a life. That's a lot of smiles probably that you've had good times. <laughs> that's right. what that's a sign of, but, uh, but you know, and you're going to have those same kind of, uh, degenerative age things. And I think also I don't, you're, you're, you're probably a little more uh, being the orthopedic certified specialist, you're probably a little more up on this concept. Um, was it recently that, uh, I, I forget which organization it was, but they got they they said to get to that medical providers should no longer use the term degenerative disc disease. It's debilitating. It's yeah. psychologically debilitating because, you know, if I hear degenerative disc disease, that sounds horrible. Uh, you know, right. most people like to think of themselves as, as young. And that's just right. like, you know, it's, it's the person who, um, you know, you mentioned there's no direct cost, but there is there is kind of a psychological cost because now I have this label of, of degenerative disc. So now I'm going to go on Google and I'm going to right. go on YouTube and I'm going to start finding information that may or may not match exactly what's going on with me because these, I mean, face it, a lot of these blog articles and, and, and videos are made very generically because they don't know who's really watching them. So right. they're not specifically for you. And you start an exercise program that a lot of times I see it exacerbates or at best doesn't really help the person along uh, because it's very nonspecific information. So, there and then they start looking for providers and they tell them i have a degenerative disc the provider mm -hmm. says okay i'm going to do an assessment for a degenerative disc and i'll give you a treatment program for a degenerative disc i can't right. tell you how many times people have come to me who said they've had a degenerative disc show me imaging for a degenerative disc and my assessment says and and, and you know bo and i you know we can just briefly say if you have a degenerative disc generally the treatment program is mostly flexion based right it's it's open up the back open up the joints and I've seen so many times with people who've been through that kind of protocol not get better and I put them through full extension. You know, right. I, I have them go in the opposite direction that every textbook tells you not to go. And right, all of a sudden right. their symptoms disappear and they feel so much better and they're walking. And, you know, uh, again, it takes um, clinical reasoning to be able to right. come to that determination and not just take a piece of paper and someone's word for it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I want I, I want to move a little bit away from the whole MRIs and X-rays bit, but I think we hopefully um, got got that message through to anyone watching, listening. And if you know somebody who's going through that, uh, the main thing to say is you're you are not your image. You know, right. there's more to it. And and again, finding and this takes me to the next thing um, of kind of the top things that uh, I think somebody who is starting to have pain, chronic pain. Uh, should think about. So the first one, and this is from the, the graphic I, I sent you the other day of, of number one, self-management. So, you know, there are things you can be doing. And and again, the whether you go on the WebMD pathway or you go to that um, doctor and they say, hey, like, just, just take it easy, rest. And again, that might be good to say, stop running five miles a day, because maybe that is what's causing it. Um, but to say rest completely and just sit on the couch is probably not the best thing. So the self-management is generally going to say increase activity in a safe way, find the things that you can do and then decrease uh, passive treatments, which again might be acupuncture, might be massage therapy. And I'm not saying don't do any of those things, 
but realize that those things are passive, meaning you're not doing anything. Your body needs to move. Your muscles need to move. You need to drain your lymph. You know, there's all these different physiological things we could talk about. So that, uh, yeah, self-management, what's your take on that? How do you incorporate that before somebody even comes to see you? Yeah. So you, you've got to step back. And again, you've got to look at chronic pain from the lens of the whole person and not just a person with a back problem. So a person with a back problem might just have stiff muscles or, or a joint problem, but a person with chronic pain, we're talking about a systemic thing now we're talking about something that that affects kind of the nervous system so you've got to look at the person um their anxiety level their stress level um their nutrition their sleep quality of sleep um and you've got to and and, and again their beliefs right um their fear of pain fear of movement fear of re-injury and you have to address these things individually because they all play a piece into ex your experience of pain and, I, and, and again I use this term very specifically. It is an experience of pain because everybody's experience is very unique. You can't say that I feel your pain or I know what you're going through because you really can't, right? Um, everybody's pain is very, very unique. So um, I always say if you have someone who's um, anxious and um, nervous about movement and worried about you know losing their job because of their, their back problem, let's say, they've got financial stress, they can't keep up with what they need to do at home, um, and they're not getting good sleep at night, all of that's gonna increase their um, experience of pain. So I could be doing you know, uh, everything that I can think of in my toolbox to help someone with their back problem, but if none of these other areas are being addressed, we're not gonna make that much progress. So um, you know, mindfulness, wellness, um, changing thought patterns, changing that anxiety anxiety level, giving them other tools and methods and, and pathways to think about their problem and start changing it from a more cognitive level. Uh, because again, that experience of pain starts from the top down. And once you change that, you start changing that experience of pain as well. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And that, that kind of takes me to, um, you're never too early. It's never too late. Like it's, it's not, you know, you, you might be 90 years old and it's not too late to start something, whether you've, and not just talking about chronic pain, but to start a fitness program, to start moving better, to start yeah. getting your body better. Um, and, and, and again, when, when I, th when I think of these things we're talking about here, I think of somebody who continues to be in this cycle of worse, 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 yeah. um, and things just again, being bad. And when I coach, when I work with people on nutrition, which I do, um, I think of, you know, every meal you have, you're either doing something good for your body or you're doing something bad for your body, you're not likely staying the same. And if we have three meals a day, 21 meals a week, if you have 11 bad meals and 10 good meals, and I don't necessarily like to say bad and good, but you know, that's, you're at negative one, <laughs> you know, if we did the very simple math. Um, but the point is if we can even switch that, you know, to one more good meal and switch it to 11 good and 10 bad, at least we're moving in the right direction. So that that's actually my, um, my Instagram post today, Mondays is movement Monday. And, and my big theme or rule today is better is better, you know? So, so are we, can we move in the right direction? Can we move, start moving, um, into, into something, whether it's taking you from the couch yeah. to just get up and do a 10 minute walk after every meal, you know? And, that, mm -hmm. Yeah. And again, uh, just piggybacking off that pain, pain at the core essence of it. It's a learned experience, right? I mean, I have, I, I mentioned I have a one-year-old and just this um, past Saturday, um, we noticed she's, she's just got a little blood on her finger. She cut her finger. She stuck her finger in, in a air vent when we weren't looking and it was bleeding. It was pretty, pretty black, bad. And she was just staring at us. She wasn't crying. She wasn't in pain because she really had no prior reference of what that is. Um, she, 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 you know, she, if you ever look at a kid when they first fall or or or, or hit themselves, you know, or, or or hit themselves, you know, my daughter's also learning how to walk, so she falls down pretty often. First thing she does is she just looks at you and she's stunned. She's just waiting for your your reaction. And if you're anxious, nervous, you know, worried, then she she'll pick up on that. And the next time something like that happens, her brain will just go back to the last time this happened. Memory bank. This is the reaction. So this is going to be my default reaction. 
So they pick up these cues and pain is a learned experience. And you can't really unlearn something you learn. So years, 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 40 years, 50 years later, when you have this pain experience, you can't unlearn pain, but you can start modifying it. You can start modifying your experience of pain. You can start modifying your movement patterns and your thought patterns to modify modify your behaviors, to modify that experience of pain that you're having. And that's really what we're after when we're looking for looking at people who have long-standing aches and pains. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Yeah, that, the, the, the child example is a powerful one for sure. Um, yeah, I remember uh, I don't have any kids, but my nephew, same thing, you know, he fell down. I looked at him and I was like, you're good. He was kind of like, oh, okay. <laughs> he, he brushed it off and kept playing. And there was another time when, yeah, somebody came running over like, are you okay? Oh my God, he's, ah! he starts crying. Um, but yeah, that's that's totally um, uh, an interesting thing. And it's also interesting, we, we, are, we are dog parents. My dog is, I don't know if you, you might've even heard her uh, snoring at some point. She's napping down here next to me, but um it's interesting as dogs, I don't think have those kind of, well, they pick up on energies too. So it's, it's been an interesting uh, thing where I think maybe they even pick up on energies a little bit more when my wife's a little bit more anxious around different scenarios, the yeah. dog gets a little more anxious. I'm kind of like, whatever, let's, let's keep walking. Like you're fine. Um, you know, I guess I'm the bad guy or the tougher parent, but, but um, yeah, it's an interesting thing that I don't know uh, if, if you have a similar thing of, with human children, but <laughs> Absolutely, they pick up on your on your energies and your vibes as, as well. They're very intuitive. Yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. So one of those was what we talked about for for anyone dealing with uh, issues of self management, being more active, being less passive. Uh, number two was get a get a custom plan. So you know, the sooner you can do it, and I and you said this earlier, and and again, my wife my wife was a sex and relationship therapist. Uh, that's something we very much connected over the fact that when it comes to, you know, a lot of people come to us only when it gets really bad. Um, same thing with relationships for her um, of those things have been building up for 10 years, you know, yeah. whatever it is like, yeah, he's never once put the toilet seat down for me or, or he always forgets anniversaries and I've let it go. I've let it go. I've let it go. But it's been kind of gnawing away, whether that's an, uh, an emotional thing, a relational thing or physical of. Yeah, every time I run, I have this thing going on, but I've been ignoring it and just keep running. Um, so yeah, so it's it's getting a custom plan that keeps in mind uh, your biomechanical, meaning your head to toe, what's actually going on. Maybe your hips are tight, and there, you know, we can go deep into the the, the mechanics of it all. But it, you know, it should be a plan designed for Alan or designed for you know Mary or whoever it is. Um, the social component of 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 it all. So biopsychosocial is the fancy mm -hmm. term. Um, and then, yeah, get individual approach for for figuring out, um, you know, what, how to address this chronic thing, how to address these aches and pains. If you don't have that, you're just going to keep chasing symptoms that I think we alluded to. So, yeah, any any thoughts there? I, I, spot on. Uh, I absolutely agree. I get um, again a lot of times people come to me and they've got this pre-printed photocopied sheet of exercises um, that they got from their last provider, or if it's post-surgical, maybe they got it from the hospital. And uh, it's almost as if, you know, they expect everyone with back pain, if they went through these same six exercises, their pain would magically disappear. And it's just not like that. You need an individualized approach, an individualized exercise program, and, and built up from scratch specifically for you, for your problem, uh, and starting where you're at, meeting you where you're at now, and leading you where you want to go. Um, so first thing I do when I see those sheets is um, I tell them to, to just toss it. We, we just start from scratch and, and we build exactly what they need um, at the time. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, I love it. And then our third step uh, that we, we kind of had in our infographic was the behavior change and active lifestyle and incorporating that in. So yeah, it can't just be these sheets and I did my physical therapy for six weeks and I did these three exercises daily or whatever. Um, it's, it's building in these habits again of, of like, I, I, I am an active person, a lot of goal setting going on right now with the new year. Um, things that I've been working with folks on is yeah, building in systems of every morning when you wake up, you're going to grab, a, a, you know, drink eight ounces of water or, you know, whatever glass you have, have it ready the night before, put a little lemon in it, put a little salt in it. Boom. You've set your day the right way. Everything else is a win. Mm -hmm. Um, whatever it is, those little habits or yeah, every time I finish a meal, hopefully with your family, whatever, you're going to go for a 10 minute walk and just like whatever that habit is. Um, and, and the same thing with 
again, dealing with some of these chronic pain things of if you're doing your exercises or, or what have you, your home, home exercise program, as we call it in the profession, um, it's also I'm going to do some some breathing before and think about, you know, whatever it is, I'm going to open things up. Um, but whatever those habits are, so I, you mentioned the multidisciplinary approach. You guys have uh, psychologists, you guys have nutritionists, you have life coach on staff. So, so how often does that get integrated? Is that for every single person that comes to the door? Um, how, do, how does that work with you guys? It, again, it's individualized. It really depends where the person is, right? So if we screen them and there isn't much um, uh, anxiety or, or um psychological issues that need to be worked through as far as um, fear avoidance then um, however maybe there is just behaviors that need to be modified then we'll make a recommendation to to a life coach to start grooving in some some better habits and um, help them restructure their day and tips on uh, you know uh, mindfulness and things like that or if it's nutrition um, you know if we identify that nutrition is an issue then we'll make a referral to our to the nutritionist but it really all depends on again that customized approach and and screening them and appropriately and finding out where they're at now and where they want to be so yeah I, I mean i'll borrow a term i love your term of uh one percent better right so if you just aim at one percent better by the end of the year you're how much better <laughs> it's not it's not 365 percent better um i have that infographic somewhere and it's it's, it's uh it's i forget the exact number but it's like 2.77 whatever it is from, from 1.0. So I guess it's like 277%. It's not, yeah. Anyway, math, math is fun, but it's not, it's not down, but it's going, it's sloping up. Um, it, it, again, it's a gradual change. And then you groove that year after year, you're, yeah. you're looking at a totally different person, right? Yeah. And the, the quote there is, is, uh, also, especially again with new year's, um, we can accomplish a lot more over six months or a year. And uh, we tend to not realize how much we can accomplish over a longer period of time. We don't like to think in that way, our brains. And we tend to think we can do a lot more in one month, six weeks. We like to think of that short term. Um, and also within the profession of physical therapy, we have, we set short term goals and long term goals and insurance companies say, you know, they want to make sure you're, you're continuing on this, but you know, we, it's, it's, it's something that kind of drove me crazy about the profession. Cause you have to say, you know, oh, they'll be independent with home exercise program. You know, you get into these these kind of generic uh, things that you put in for the insurance company's sake. Um, but it's it's what is really meaningful and how do we create, again, lifetime change, not just get you out of this pain right now. It's it's and get, you know, if we need to get your knee, if your knee is kind of stuck to whatever I'm having trouble with the camera here. Um, but if your knee is stuck and we just need to get 10 more degrees or we need to get full range of. I'm losing the camera. Yeah. You need to get full range of motion. Um, then, you know, it's easy to say, okay, cool. Yeah. Next time you come in, we can do a little bit more. But for me, when I'm working with somebody who's got, you know, a total knee replacement or whatever, if we're not building habits, so it's not just how far do we get your knee? It's also, did you do, you know, 30 minutes of X, you know, whatever it is getting on the bike today. Did you complement in these anti-inflammatory foods? Cause we know that, you know, after a total knee replacement, you probably have inflammation going on. So we need to start bringing that down. So how did we manage that? Did we put in a system, whether it's breathing, whether it's laying with your leg up on the wall for, for 10 minutes, you know, pumping that uh, fluid out of there? Did we actually right. do that? Was it active? Was it passive? How do we put all that into place? So I'm going down a weird path. So I'm going to bring it back to, um, unless you have anything else on that, I wanted to swing over to I think it's super interesting. Uh, some of the differences you've noticed, other than the super obvious differences between Canada and America, um, of of the healthcare systems and maybe the patients, is it all kind of the same? On at the end of it, obviously. So I'll I'll say what I know about the Canadian healthcare system. I've never lived in Canada, but it's a nationalized, socialized. Uh, you know, again, we just had these elections out, down here and a lot of political stuff in America, and and people are scared of socialism. Um, and without going down that path of, of you know, what does that mean and, and all that, but uh, basically the, the, the country pays for your everyone's healthcare. If you have money and you want to pay cash base, right, you can kind of go ahead and do elective procedures um, on your own and people are, are going to pay for like better provided, but I'll let, I'll let you tell. That's yeah, it's um, each province uh, runs their own um, healthcare um, kind of uh, program. So in Ontario, it's called OHIP. 
um, and um, it, it covers your general medical costs, your, your family doctor, um, vaccinations, um, specialists, surgeries. It doesn't cover um, extended health, what's called extended health benefits like um, physio, chiro, massage, um, acupuncture, um, uh, you know, nutrition and things like that, orthotics. So um, for those type of services, a person would either pay out of pocket or many people have um, employer um, provided what's called extended health benefits. So they use, um, they have health insurance through their employer um, to access these other benefits, which, you know, pays varying amounts, um, you know, between co-insurances or full payments and things like that. So um, so that that's kind of the system uh, here. And then um, obviously with a socialized system, not to get too political, you're obviously still paying for it in higher taxes. Um, so, you know, the, the phrase is there's nothing free, um, but you know, at times it's convenient. Um, and at times it's very frustrating because um, there, there is a very long wait to see a specialist. There is a very long wait once you've seen the specialist to um to, to to get that surgery schedule so i think i read a stat that um hip replacements right now it's a, a two-year wait list um i um, broke my wrist um a couple of years ago and i re-sprained it um it was january of a couple of years ago shortly after i moved here uh, so i guess it was 2016 uh, or 17 and then that was january in august i get a call from uh, a doctor's office calling to just book me in and I, I had no clue why they were calling me or what they booked me in for. And I said, you know, I don't understand who's, who's this doctor. I, they said, doctor, I've never heard of this doctor. What do you do there? We're, we're a hand specialist. I said, oh, well, my hand's been fine for four months, five months. I said, well, we got this referral from the hospital you visited back in January. Wow. I said, oh, well, I mean, thanks, but you know, it, it's not an issue anymore. Right. But unfortunately for a lot of people during those nine months waiting for that appointment, things are just oftentimes spiral downward and get worse and worse and worse. So that's the frustrating part about um, the system is, uh, I know in US, working in the US, a lot of times you can see a specialist directly without even a referral, uh, depending on the insurance. Um, or if you did have need to go through insurance, you'd kind of get that appointment pretty quickly. So those are the kind of the major differences. So which one is better? No, I'm not gonna put you on the spot <laughs> with that. Um, but I'm curious, actually, with that system, ha has there been change with maybe push to virtual visits since COVID uh, happened and the world got locked down? Has there been? Uh, yeah, for a sure. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think uh, the whole world has really shifted to um, and, and people are becoming more and more familiar and, and comfortable with online visits. Our family doctor uh, won't see anybody um, in person for the, for the kids. Um, they'll, every visit is virtual. Um, a lot of the family, a lot of the family doctors here are the same. They've moved to virtual. So people have gotten used to it at first. Uh, when I said we do physio virtually, they just didn't understand how that would work because, um, they perceive it to be such a hands-on profession and I'm a manual therapist. So it is, um, hands-on, but again, um, when we're working with people who have long-standing aches and pains, um, the best thing you can do is get them moving and not put maybe your hands on them as much and give them passive treatment. So for my clients, it really fit very well to do um, uh, virtual or telehealth because it's just me and you talking and taking you through exercises and watching you do the exercises and correcting the movement patterns and, you know, moving it on from there. So, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, there was a big push here, obviously during COVID to, uh, to move to virtual and, uh, initially dissuade people to come into the office, um, uh, unless it was emergency, but at this point it's, um, you know, we have these strict protocols and guidelines in place on who we bring into the office and who we'd rather do virtual visits with. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of been, uh, you know, I've been doing online, coaching, uh, especially in the fitness space for, for a few years. So this kind of uh, change in the landscape, we can say, uh, was pretty, made the transition easier for me. And the way I think of it or is, is movement literacy. So it sounds like it's kind of in line with what you guys do. But I think of, yeah, how well do you hinge? I want to look at your movement patterns. How well do you squat? How well do you push, pull? Um, we can look at all these different simpler ways to break down the body. And some people just don't move that well. Um, so when I say movement literacy, I'm referring, you know, I, I analogize it to, um, you know, the same as like reading levels. So some people yep. in, in school, they're, you're only reading at a fifth grade level. 
you know, you're reading at a college level, you're, you know, you're ready for this next thing. So, uh, but that's the same way we can, it's subjective. So the expert, uh, you know, is, is judging how well you're moving. And I say, Hey, I'd like to see you clean that up. Or if I think we need to change you doing that, do you feel the difference? And we can totally do that virtually, um, and, you know, in a, in a lot of ways that we can accomplish a lot virtually. And I do think that hopefully um, the way things have been going, it's been getting easier to do that. I think people are accepting a lot of that as well uh, as, as it's become so commonplace. So it's an interesting thing for sure. Yeah. Uh, hey, hey, Cutthroat03. Hey, you doing guys? I don't know who that is. Do you know who that is? Don't know. Ask a question. You can ask a question. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I uh, it, it's I like I love breaking it down. I love taking these complex moving movement patterns, breaking them down, and then building them back up. I, I call it the Mr. Miyagi, you know, karate kid approach, <laughs> where the client has you know may not understand why they're doing you know waxing the car or painting the fence, but at the end they're able to do these complex movements when it all gets right. pulled together. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, so we have a, we have an interesting comment in the, uh, in the comments. They're throwing me off a little bit, but, uh, anyway, what else do we have on, on chronic pain, changing things for sure? Uh, have you seen the Cobra Kai? Going Love on? Cobra Kai. Yeah. Halfway through the third season. Same, same. Really enjoying it. Yeah, man. It's, it's been fun. <laughs> it's been fun nostalgia. I think if, if you hadn't grown up with, the uh, the original ones, like my wife did not, I think uh, she she's not going to enjoy it as much. So I haven't uh, made her watch it with me, but I've been enjoying yeah. it. We didn't realize how big it was. I thought my, my wife and I thought we were the only geeks uh, watching it. But, you know, with three seasons and number one on Netflix, well, I, I, I figured a lot of people are into it. So, yeah, I'm loving it. Big nostalgia. Yeah, man, uh, for sure, for sure. And so any who's it's um, cool, man. I wanted to see if uh, anything else, we've gone close to 50 minutes, anything other big things you want to uh, leave the folks with, aches and pains. Again, my, my saying there that I don't know, I think I mentioned a little bit, but yeah, listen to the whispers before they become yells. So if you have something going on, um, you know, a little bit of ache and pain, if you're playing basketball, every time you play basketball, you feel a little whatever it is, um, just try to pay attention to that. Check in with someone like Alan or myself check in, ask the questions. There's a plenty of free uh, stuff online uh, like we're doing right now. Um, and so check in with that. Yeah, go ahead. I, I think the, the number one thing really is to get educated and understand, you know, um, do your research, um, ask around. Um, at, at my clinic, we don't, um, you know, if you were to call my, my office and try to book an appointment, we wouldn't take you right away. We'd book you in for a free consult first um, to figure out if, uh, you know, what's going on and if it's something we can help you with, because we always want to make sure that you're matching the provider with the person. There've been many times where um, I've seen the provider and the patient really don't um, um, sync um, as well. And so, you know, as a uh, person with uh, looking for a solution to your problem, just like you'd um, interview maybe uh, your, your accountant maybe or, or whatever, just you know, make sure, do your research, uh, find out more about your problem, ask around, um, and, you know, we always offer those free consults um, to just really open up and give you an opportunity to get all your questions answered before you decide to, um, and give you more information about your problem before you decide to do anything uh, else. Yeah, and, and it's easy to, you know, we I think we joke around in, inside the medical profession um, around, like, people going on WebMD and, uh, and the person in the comments is asking about possibly having colon cancer and asking if we can diagnose that. So that's, that's not the right way to do it. You guys got to check in with a provider, uh, set up a proper visit, uh, you know, and, and, and see what's going on. Um, and that's the thing you can, you can fall down that path of, of, you know, Googling things and, and saying like, oh yeah, my elbow hurts and maybe it's chronic tendinitis or tendinosis, depending on how much you know, intensity you're getting. And then what's the way to fix that? Is it ice? Is it, you know, the, the com complex answer that I, again, I think that's one of my specialties is helping people with rebuilding their tendons, but that takes a commitment. It takes a conversation and then buying in to for the next 12 weeks, I'm going to take you through three times a week, slowly loading it. And you're not really doing anything else for those 12 weeks along the lines of that uh, tendon. 
And so, right. but that to me is the right way to build that up. And we have to be on the same page as that, but it's not a matter of just going out and, and, uh, and dealing with that, you know? Absolutely. I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. It's this, uh, you know, modern world we live in, everyone's jumping on WebMD and, um, I, I don't think we can answer Cutthroat's question there uh, that a 17-year-old can have colon cancer. I think that's their question. I'm going to call your doctor for that one. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I put in the comments. Is uh, <laughs> you got You got to check in with your medical provider. Uh, unfortunately, we can't really figure that one out for you. But um, yeah. So we'll wrap it back up. Take it back to here. Uh, so Alan, where can people find you? Uh, where are the best places? Yeah, we are. We have our website www.premierspineandsport.ca, and we're on Facebook and Instagram at Premier Spine and Sport. Awesome, and Premier has that e at the end of it. It does not have the e at the end of it. No. Not like the premier of a, a, a country, but premier like you know the top and the top. Okay, well, I wrote that down the wrong way. <laughs> I don't know if you have that spelled wrong on your Instagram. Maybe, maybe is that possible? Anyway. Uh, you are not very active on Instagram. I'll point that out. And uh, <laughs> we're going to be changing that this year. We're gonna, we, we, well, we're on your own to personal. One anyway. more, we're looking to put out a lot more education, a lot more content uh, to help people along their their wellness journey. Nice. Yeah. And and that wellness bit is definitely significant. Um, again, that's that's been my focus, and I've shifted from a traditional PT approach to more of a uh, wellness style approach of making sure, yeah, if you're not addressing everything, if, if you come to me with back pain, especially chronic back pain, um, if we're not addressing your sleep pattern, your stress management, your ability to breathe, sometimes it's as simple as that. And I've, I, I've had a few people in the last month even that have been complaining about back pain, back pain, back pain. And, uh, I was like, let's just take a look at how you're breathing up along our assessment virtually. And it was as simple as, yeah, they're breathing up here in their chest. I said, let's try to focus nothing else. Let's not do anything else and just change how you're breathing for the next couple of days. And that solved 97% of their problems. So, um, yeah, it's, it's powerful stuff. But, yeah, if you're not looking at the whole thing, um, and, so, and it's easy to say, like, oh, your glutes are weak and, and you know, we got we to gotta get you doing all these different exercises and things like that and get caught up in that. But if you're not looking at the whole picture – um, we can be missing some pretty, pretty major stuff. So for sure, I appreciate, um, that approach, that directive, anything else for the people? Uh, no, I, I always say if you, if, uh, the sooner you, you've got something and the sooner you find and seek out, um, help, then the, the sooner you start going to start getting relief and the quicker the relief will come. Uh, you know, it's like anything else, the longer it's been around, the longer it's going to take for you, for it to go away. So don't wait around. Absolutely. Yeah. That, and again, that was the thing I think, uh, I don't know if I drove that home with my wife that when we talk about patients who come to us, like the soon, if we can get them all sooner, you know, instead of 10 years down the line, um, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely be, uh, it's a lot easier to solve those problems. The, the earlier you get to them. So, yeah. you know, uh, as soon as that, um, check engine light comes on your car, check that engine. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, a lot of people put some uh, black tape over there, check engine light and just ignore it. <laughs> yeah. It's easy to ignore. Yeah. For sure. take, take it in. Take it in. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, guys, hopefully you're, you got a little, little better, 1% better today um, along your journey of, of health, wellness, um, enlightenment. And uh, we learned something from Alan. I learned a few things for sure. Um, so that's the idea of this podcast is, is all selfish. Bo knows stuff. Bo knows more stuff now. So, uh, Alan, again, thank you for your time. Thank you, um, thank you for having me. I'm going to reemphasize to our uh, commenter in the, in the comments, go check in with your medical provider. Um, we can't really be diagnosing you over the live internets. Um, so check in for sure. Um, and, yeah, you guys have a great day. Take and care. we're ending.